Hey, this is Kevin Rowe. If you know me, you know that I love sports. As a kid, I would play sports in the yard and broadcast my games loud enough for my neighbors to hear. Growing up close enough to hear the announcers from Cravens Field and Arlington Stadium, I came by my love of sports naturally. And I'm not the only one. Enter Davis Beaver. We met in 1993 at Lamar High School in Arlington when I was a senior and he was a sophomore. After he graduated from Lamar, he earned his undergraduate degree from Northwestern State before earning his master from Oklahoma. He was a college basketball coach for over a decade at the NCAA Division I, Division II, and JUCO level. He helped Sam Houston State go from last place in their conference to first place. As head coach, he led Texas A&M International to its most successful season at the NCAA level and only winning non-conference record at the time. He also led Brown Mackey to just the fifth winning season in school history and the regional semifinals, the farthest they ever advanced in the postseason. His references when the public school I worked at hired him included now four-time national championship coach Kim Mulkey and then UTA and now Troy head basketball coach Scott Cross. While there, he picked up head coaching duties for our softball team, leading it to a district championship in our first year as a UIL school. In May of 2021, he was selected to lead the inaugural softball team at Arlington Baptist University. I'm grateful that he extended the invitation to me to serve as team chaplain. Team One, as that team was affectionately known, won a regional championship and finished as College World Series semifinalists at the NCCAA level. Team Two has clinched the top seed in the regional tournament and is preparing for what we hope will be a deep postseason run. Embracing the adage that leaders are learners, Coach Beaver is also pursuing his doctorate in performance psychology at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix. In the first of a two-part series, Coach Beaver shares about his love for sports, why he coaches, his approach to coaching, including the Win Forever program, and more before we dive into recruiting Team One and Team Two in the next episode. One thing I hope will really come through is Coach Beaver's love for his players and how, as much as he wants to develop them to be great players who play as a great team, even more, he wants them to become the incredible people God has created them to be. And with that, let's jump in to episode 18. Right. Well, hey, Davis, thank you for being here today and for for working this interview into a very busy schedule as y'all are heading into the postseason. Thank you for having me. And we're, you know, totally happy to be here and glad to do it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you have always loved sports. I mean, this goes back to when we were in high school together. I know you played, played baseball there, you know, both there and in college as well. Um, just talk about your love for sports and that'll kind of lead us into where we're going with the rest of this. It really goes back as far as I could remember, uh, at four years old, I taught myself how to read. Um, it's a funny story. My parents accused each other of teaching me how to read. And when in fact I taught myself based on what the preschool teacher taught me in consonants and letters and all that. And the first thing I read was the sports page. And, uh, my dad, I asked for the sports page. My dad was thought I was just looking at the pictures. And so he gave it to me and he's like, are you enjoying uh, looking at the pictures? And I said, no, daddy, I'm reading. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you're not reading. And then I proceeded to read that the Toronto Blue Jays defeated the Texas Rangers. And I specifically remember that (laughs) Um, Rangers were horrible back then. And and, uh, uh, the Blue Jays were the team that I kind of, you know, gravitated toward just because of the, I guess the, the, the baby blue uniforms and, um, and like I said, then he got upset with my mom thinking that she taught me and she accused him of teaching me. But it was really, you know, I did it myself. And I mean, baseball, that's the earliest memory that I have with my dad was uh, around four years old going to a Rangers game and uh, going to my first game of many, many. And uh, baseball has been my my first love, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, playing it since I was old enough to walk and swing and um, was fortunate enough to, to play a little bit in high school and then certainly really fortunate to play a little bit in college and uh, uh, at a good program. And um, even though I wasn't the major contributor, it's, just, it's still great to be able to, to say I was a part of it and, and, and uh, the, the, my players love hearing the stories, you know, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it's, uh, it's just one of those things that sports has been always been my life. It's been uh, you know, from baseball to basketball, um, played, started playing that in about fourth grade, um, you know, played all the way through, you know, past college. I mean, not, I didn't play college basketball, but started coaching college basketball on the Mm -hmm. basketball side and, um, 
got into, I guess hockey was the last one that I got into. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the late bloomer to hockey, but it's really, you know, the Dallas Stars are my, I always tell my classes that I teach, they're the, they're my team of all teams. Mm. Uh, now their Arlington Renegades are pretty close, second close, uh, second place there, but, uh, um, and, and football has really grown uh, with me, obviously being at Lamar. I loved Lamar football yeah. and, you know, Coach Peach was just incredible. I'm uh, so jealous of you for uh, working with Coach Peach all those years. And mm -hmm. um, I never knew until I got out that he never cut anybody. Mm -hmm. And had I known that, I would have played in a heartbeat, you know, because I wouldn't have been good enough to play football at Lamar High School. But I would have done it just to play for that man. Yeah. And if I had known that he didn't cut anybody, but uh, so I kind of stayed on the baseball side, but Lamar obviously, you know, taught me a lot with the football and um, it was really hard going to a, an FCS school or a one double a school at the time mm -hmm. uh, with football, because I'm coming from Lamar where the team is one of the best of the best. And we go to an FCS school and it's, you know, I'm like, what is this, you know? And uh, and then obviously, uh, but then I went uh, to Oklahoma for my master's. And mm -hmm. so being, you know, and that part of the reason was football. Honestly, it was, I wanted to go to a big school with a bunch of tradition, a big football school. Mm -hmm. And I chose, uh, you know, the Oklahoma Sooners and we'll get into that. I'm sure later as to, oh, yeah. as to who else I met there, but, uh, 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 you know, I'm proud Sooner alum. And, and, um, so uh, it's funny now with the XFL coming back to town, uh, I'm really invested in the XFL season ticket holder. Mm -hmm. um, our plans have changed a little bit this weekend. I think I'm going to try to go to Houston to watch the Renegades play. Uh, and obviously Coach Stoops, the former yes. Oklahoma coach, is, is here. So, um, you know, when you talk about my team of teams, it's the Stars first, the Renegades a close second, and then a bunch of baseball teams. Um, and, of course, the Oklahoma softball team's got to be up there too. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you said about going to, you know, coming out of Lamar and going to a school that I didn't have the exactly the best football. Well, I went to Baylor in the 90s. <laughs> so um, I'm pretty sure we played each other, I imagine, during those days. And there were probably more competitive games than they should have been. So. I think Northwestern <laughs> State beat Baylor one of the years. That's probably true. You know, I mean, but still, and that was like, how did that happen? But, you know. <laughs> Um, fortunately I just kind of block out football from my Northwestern state years. I remember baseball a lot and mm -hmm. some somewhat softball. I've got a, a shout out Gay McNutt, who's the head coach at Texas women's university right now. She's a really good friend of mine. She was mm -hmm. the, uh, uh, head coach at Northwestern. So, I mean, it was great now that I'm on this side, you know, back coaching college mm -hmm. to reconnect with her and I have on the recruiting trail and camps and everything. And she's doing wonders up there at, at TWU, turning a program around immediately and, uh, but she was the one, she was my first influence in softball, mm. uh, in terms of just being around the game, seeing it, you know, yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know, I had nothing to do with her in terms of coaching or, or anything. I mean, I was a baseball player, but, uh, and, but boy, they were good. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, they were really good with Gay McNutt's teams. And so, um, I, I, I kind of go back in my memory to those days. Um, and it's helped me, you know, on this side. Yeah. So you've touched on this a little bit. So you go from loving playing sports and obviously loving watching sports, but to coaching sports. So talk a little bit about that transition and, and really the why behind coaching for you. I originally was not going to be a coach. It's not something that I set out to do at all. Um, it's, you know, you get into the spiritual side of things mm -hmm. and um, I'm very private in my religion. I know that is one of those things that as a Christian, you're supposed to be out there and witness and all that. And, and, uh, uh, I'm very strong in my faith, as you know, mm -hmm. um, but I do it more privately, um, you know, and again, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it's just the way that I'm wired. And, and uh, it, one of the demons that I battle um, internally is, you know, I t you hear, hear what we just talked about, what I said, I taught myself how to read mm -hmm. at four years old, maybe three. <laughs> um, nobody does that. Mm -hmm. On one hand, I really battle, you know, internally with uh, why am I not a doctor or why am I not a researcher? Or why am I not a, you know, someone who could try to cure cancer? Mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, when it comes to smarts, I believe I could do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I ended up, I mean, I'm the, I'm the son of a teacher. My mom was a 40 plus year educator in Arlington ISD. Mm -hmm. um, my dad's a really, he's, a, he's more of a coach. Um, but he's a really smart man when it comes to uh, uh, mechanics and how things work and automobiles and everything like that. Uh, uh, any mechanical thing, not just automobiles, but mm -hmm. anything uh, dealing with engineering and mechanics. And so 
Um, I'm blessed that way with my, you know, two really smart parents. And so, um, but one was a teacher. And so I kind of got into it just kind of by default, mm-hmm. um, didn't plan on coaching, but, uh, uh, got on in on the basketball side, right. When I graduated from Northwestern state in the middle of the year, uh, the women's basketball coach, uh, their GA didn't show up that mm. year and kind of uh, stood them up. And so they needed somebody. And so I knew the coaches well from just my time there and being an athlete, even though it was a short amount of time, they knew me. And so, uh, they offered me the, the GA spot. And so that kind of got me in the coaching and it got mm-hmm. me in on the basketball side. Um, from there though, uh, uh, you know, Kim Mulkey, mm-hmm. you know, being on the basketball side, Kim Mulkey was the one that taught me how to coach. I tell my girls this all the time, especially mm-hmm. as the LSU won this year's title. Um, you know, that coach Mulkey taught me how to coach a lot. And I'd go down to Baylor all the time. She was there for 20 mm-hmm. plus years, you know, and, and, uh, uh, she would invite me down and I'd work her camps. Obviously that's how I got to know her, but she saw something in a young coach mm-hmm. that, you know, I mean, obviously I wasn't good enough for her to hire and I didn't expect that, yeah. but she still saw something, you know, real in a really young coach that uh, potential. And mm-hmm. that went a long way with me, you know I mean? And that's why I, I, uh, got into it. And then, once I saw how she operated at, at Baylor and the way she treated her players and mm-hmm. the way they love her and, and all those sorts of things, uh, you know, I mean, the, the difference that she made in people's lives, you know, I mean, it, it's a cliche, but I mean, she really did. And, you mm-hmm. know, especially at Baylor, uh, such a big place that had not had the success. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, um, I, I saw what she did and it was inspiring to me. Um, so, you know, with uh, with me being able to get into coaching, I just wanted to uh, you know, and, and to borrow another person that we'll talk about, I'm sure coach Gasso at Oklahoma to borrow her line. Uh, I want to see, you know, my players, I want to see them come in as girls and leave as women. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be boss ladies when they leave. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, I mean, it's all about them. It's, uh, I got to show them the love. I got to show them the, um, you know, the way and, um, you know, and, and also how, how God has gifted us all with the, um, the abilities that we have, you know, me to lead and coach, but them to certainly to play and, and, uh, and to be that influence. And, and again, the ultimate goal is, uh, you know, that they graduate with, uh, and become boss ladies in life. Well, and I want to, I want to jump in real quick on, on Kim specifically, because obviously the, the public school that we ended up working at for, for several years, we were going through the process of hiring you there and you know this well, but um, one of your references was Kim Mulkey. And so, you know, I said, I'm going to claim that one being a Baylor grad. Um, and I shoot an email down there and I'm figuring somebody in the department may get back to me with something. And I get an email back from Kim that says, hey, I'm and you know, don't connect any dots here because this was well before everything happened. But she was actually out at LSU because Kramer was playing baseball. Right. And she was watching a uh, watching a baseball game. And said, here's my cell phone number. Give me a call. I'll be glad to talk to you. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm jumping all over that. So sure enough, I call and talk to Kim Mulkey and get this great reference for you <laughs> while she's out there watching her son play play baseball at LSU. And the fact that she would take that time to be willing to do that. And it wasn't just, a, you know, you know, the canned kind of response or whatever, but like to really be able to speak into um, who you were and what she saw in you, like that was a, a great affirmation from her, but also speaks to the kind of impact a coach can have. She's genuine. Yeah. And that was from, that was apparent from the very get go. I, how I got to know her, I picked up the phone and called, mm-hmm. uh, I, I had a basketball question and I was, I was at my first real job after the GA ship at Northwestern state, mm-hmm. went to Oklahoma for my master's, got a, uh, landed an assistant coaching position for women's basketball at Redlands Community College. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were really good up there and shout out to Lacey Tompkins for giving this young guy a, uh, <laughs> who she did not know a chance. And I love Lacey, uh, a wonderful Christian woman, mm-hmm. uh, her and her family, Jeff. I mean, just great people. And, and uh, um, like I said, she didn't know me from Adam, but she, you know, brought me on and, and we were really good together and uh, won a lot of games. But I had some sort of basketball question that that Lacey had kind of made me try to figure out and, and I couldn't figure it out. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I just thought I'm going to call the best one that I know that I kind of, maybe I can talk to. And so 
I, 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 I called her office and sure enough, like 10 minutes later, she calls me back. Not, mm -hmm. not a secretary, not some assistant, Kim Mulkey. And I mean, I about dropped the phone. I'm like, <laughs> wow. You know? And so again, she doesn't, she doesn't know me at the time. And, uh, at the end of the conversation, she, I mean, like I said, it was totally a God moment because at the end of the conversation, she's like, why don't you come down and work my camp? And so we can get to know each other in mm -hmm. the summer. And I was like, uh, yes, sure. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, and, and, and it worked out that way. And so, uh, you know, she taught me a lot and taught me really how to coach period. It didn't matter the sport. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's funny because, uh, uh, the girls, uh, here call her mama Mulkey. They, uh, <laughs> because, uh, we went down to the, we played mm -hmm. the division one tournament at Southern this year in Baton Rouge, and we were able to go to a LSU softball game. And, uh, so I picked up the phone and all I had to do was mention Kim Mulkey's <laughs> name and the ticket person, uh, emails me directly back and goes, your name is your name. Your whole team's on the list. We'll get you in. Awesome. <laughs> and so they called her mama Mulkey because they're, you know, you just drop her name and you get what you want. <laughs> especially there in that department for sure at this point. Yeah. Well, and especially now at the, yes. <laughs> I'm sure too, but, um, so why don't you talk about, and I know we're going to save, we're going to save Gasso for later when we yeah. make a transition to softball, but talk about some other basketball influences for you in that coaching world. Well, uh, Eddie McCarter at mm -hmm. UT Arlington here, um, was the long time. He actually coached Scott Cross, who mm -hmm. was the winningest coach now at UTA and, uh, and is now at Troy, Troy, Alabama. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, Eddie McCarter, when I was a kid growing up, uh, you know, always took me under his wing. I knew his son really well, Preston. We hung out. We were friends. And so I got to go to all of Eddie McCarter's camps for free. And, nice. and uh, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I basically took care of Preston. I was a little bit older than Preston, but we were, like I said, we were friends and started hanging out when he got old enough to. But even when he was younger, I was the one kind of taking care of him. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and Eddie, you know, always knew that. And like I said, always kind of rewarded me for that. And, and uh, um, you know, it's funny because he had a guy by the name of Buzz Williams on his staff. Mm -hmm. And it was Buzz Williams' first job was it, as an assistant on UTA staff at, <laughs> with uh, Coach McCarter. And so, um, you know, I got to know Buzz Williams. And Buzz Williams actually gave me the highest compliment that I ever really got as an athlete, even though I was much, much better in uh, baseball, um, which he wouldn't have known. Mm -hmm. I was at the camp my senior year at UTA's camp, and uh, Buzz Williams stops the camp and points me out. Has, uh, he makes everybody in the camp sit down. He makes me stand up, and he points at me and says, this dude's a baseball player. He knew that. I mean, mm -hmm. but he goes, this dude's a baseball player. He will play division one baseball, but he will never play a lick of division one basketball. And he's out hustling all of you. And he's playing harder than all of you. And he's, you know, he just starts listing all mm -hmm. these like excellent attributes about me. And I was like, wow, I've never felt that more special, you know? Yeah. So, um, obviously buzz has been around and, and now he's worked his way back to the state, you know, being at A&M mm -hmm. and I still watch a lot of what buzz says and does, um, and that sort of thing. Um, but I guess the other, the, the other one that I got to really throw out there is Donna Caps. Mm -hmm. Donna Caps was uh, a legend or is a legendary, um, uh, coach at period. She was a legendary high school coach originally 100, uh, won 650 games or whatever is in the Texas state hall of fame mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, for our high school coaching, won state championships, all that sort of thing. And, um, she retires from high school coaching and, the UTA AD at the time just happens to get a wild idea that uh, when Mike Dean retired from coaching, he's going to hire Donna Caps and see if she'll do it, mm -hmm. um, which I know the other side of it now. I know Coach Caps, And so she had told me, she goes, she took the job because she just wanted to see if she could do it. Mm -hmm. She had nothing left to prove, yeah. um, but she wanted to challenge. And so she took the job and wins four conference titles in seven years on a stage, no less. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just, uh, I'll still, I'll still say it and I'll, I'll, I'll die on this hill. Coach Caps is the best women's basketball coach that UTA's ever had. Mm -hmm. And, uh, coach Dean, a close second, but mm -hmm. I will say, but, uh, uh, even some of the ones that have quote unquote, won some conference championships, can't hold a candle to coach Caps. And, uh, coach Caps kind of did the same thing. It was around the same time as, as when I was getting to know Mulkey yeah. that, uh, coach Caps invited me down to UTA and had gave me open access and, and, uh, her and coach cross together and gave me open access there. And, uh, as a young coach, I got to go in and coach Caps was, uh, you know, she, 
she ran her program the way I run ours here. Um, I'm very blessed to have Efren Castro with me mm-hmm. as the associate head coach. Um, and he is my right hand and brain and everything else. Uh, you know, he does most of the work for none of the credit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that was the way Coach Caps um, operated. She had Ron Powell with mm-hmm. her. And he was her associate head coach and Ron Powell basically ran the program and caps kind of oversaw everything. And, and, um, and so, uh, you know, he did most of the, the on-court coaching and, and, uh, Castro does a lot of the on-field coaching mm-hmm. for me. And, uh, because it was the way that I saw, and it was really successful, highly successful. And, uh, coach caps did a lot in recruiting and she taught me how to recruit. So mm-hmm. I'm learning how to coach from Coach Mulkey. I'm learning how to run a program and recruit from Coach Caps. And, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, uh, you know, we look for a little different. And I know we're going to probably talk recruiting later, but mm-hmm. uh, we look for a little different athlete here at ABU uh, on the softball side than most other softball mm-hmm. uh, coaches in the country. And part of the reason is because of my background with Coach Caps and what she specifically told me to look for. Mm-hmm. in recruits. And so, uh, you know, she's definitely one of my main mentors and, uh, I'm supposed to go have lunch with her. And if she hears this, she's going to be like, when are we doing it? Cause you know, <laughs> I've been texting yeah. her before, but, uh, uh, but yeah, she's definitely one of the biggest influences on my life. And certainly on the recruiting side, I cannot thank her enough. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned coach Castro, um, for, for anybody who might go, that name sounds a little familiar, or if they don't know him, tell just a little bit about him. Well, you know, he's a big he, part of the program. For yeah. Sure. He, uh, uh, is a former Dodger played mm-hmm. in the eighties, uh, you know, and got paid to do it and, and had, well, a cup of coffee, at least in the majors, a little more than that, but, mm-hmm. uh, he was Mike Sosha's backup, Yeah, you know, so Sosha of course got to catch all the games, but, uh, um, but yeah, coach Castro playing at the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the ultimate level, it'd be dumb of me to not utilize that man. And that's mm-hmm. why we run the thing the way we do. Um, because like I said, much like Powell was, uh, I guess you say older and wiser. And I, I mean, he's, if he hears this then I'm in trouble with him, but, uh, uh, you know, um, but coach Powell was older and wiser cause he actually had coached coach caps in junior high. Mm. And so, um, you know, so, I mean, I, I went with someone who's played in the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, uh, in the major leagues. And so, um, again, I mean, it, it was, it just worked out great. I never got that opportunity on the basketball side at all the different places that I was at. I never had the ability to bring in, you know, somebody on the bench that was, Mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote, older and wiser that he played at a a higher level or coached at a higher level or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because obviously, I mean, but uh, I would have gone with somebody like Coach Caps, you know, or whatever, but I never got to mm-hmm. that opportunity. And now I got here and, and God blessed me with Efren Castro, you know? And so, uh, and, and the good thing is it's, it's like, I always tell the, the girls, you know, not only is coach Castro, my, my colleague, um, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and certainly, I mean, we run the program together, mm-hmm. but he is a good friend, yeah. you know, and he's a friend of mine. And I, that's the most important thing that mm-hmm. I'm able to call him a friend. And so, uh, the man's forgotten more baseball and softball than I, you know, in his little pinky than I know. <laughs> and, uh, and so you, you get that when you play at the highest level and, yeah. uh, it's one of the running things that we'll do. He'll be like, uh, uh, He'll be like, hey, you want to pop up right here? And I'm like, you know, we'll be on defense. And I'll be like, yeah, give me the pop up. And, you know, he calls the pitch and there's the there goes the pop up, you know, mm-hmm. or he's like, you want a double play right here? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, as if I'm going to say no, but, you know, and we get the double play ball. So so we need to remind him to call that play more often. Then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. So. um So we talked, like I said, we've kind of talked basketball. We've started transitioning a little bit to softball here, but um you know, you go from being a college basketball coach and getting to do that. I know you've made your way throughout the high school ranks and everything as lo- as well on that way. Um, during that time, I know that Win Forever came on the scene for you. So why don't you talk a little bit about that, what it is, what it means to be a part of that, and how that influences who you are and how you coach. Win Forever is transformational leadership at its finest. And I just had to, gave that lecture today in sports psychology class. I'm a professor here um, with, with, with sports management. And, uh, you know, we're, the leadership in today's society is transitioning from transactional to transformational. Mm-hmm. You give a vision and then you not only do they you give a vision, you inspire and motivate people to become the, be- the very best that they can be. Um, 
Coach Tompkins, Lacey Tompkins that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. like I said, I love her to death and she gave me my start. Um, but uh, I could never coach like her. Mm-hmm. Uh, disciplinarian, mm-hmm. you know, very disciplined. Um, and, uh, you know, that just didn't fit my style uh, in terms of the way I, you know, me, when I t- became, when I slid over a seat mm-hmm. and became the head coach, it worked for her. She was really good and, and is really good. Yeah. Um, and and that, that totally fits her, but it doesn't fit my personality at all. And so uh, when I was with Lacey, I was like, and we always had conversations. We were forthright about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a lot more laid back than she was, you know, and, and, uh, um, and we would talk about stuff. And, and so we were talking about, you know, things that when I would, when I, when I slid over and, and, uh, she would give me some experience, you know, running some stuff, you know, I would do things a little different and, and we'd, we'd talk about it. But, uh, uh, right about then was the time that Pete Carroll writes the book with Yogi Roth, um, mm-hmm. when forever. And so I bought this book and it totally changed my life. It kept me in coaching is what I've told mm-hmm. my psychology class, um, I would not still be coaching if it wasn't for this book. Uh, really profound writing. I mean, it, uh, and I was fortunate enough to meet Coach Carroll um, several times, you mm-hmm. know, multiple times. Um, so where I can say we're acquaintances, mm-hmm. um, certainly not friends, but acquaintances um, uh, several times because of Win Forever. And, you know, he, uh, he, he and Yogi Roth started this organization called Win Forever. They've actually uh, merged and it's called Compete to Create now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, but the Win Forever principles are still there. And um, I was the only non-football coach in the room mm-hmm. at the first Win Forever clinic um, over at TCU. Got to meet Coach P there too, Coach Patterson. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was the only non-football coach and, and uh, Pete Carroll stops one time and we've got about probably 50 in the room and he goes, I'm going to take the time to, I want you to go around and tell me where you're from, what, what's your name, where you're from and what do you coach? Mm-hmm. And so they're all like, you know, I'm from Alito high school, you know, Tim, it was the legendary coach that just yeah. retired Tim. I can't remember his last name, but he's like head coach Alito, you know, and then it's so-and-so offensive coordinator at wherever. And then we get to me and I'm like uh, basketball <laughs> and he's like, everybody stops and Carol just kind of looks at me and goes basketball. And I was like, basketball, no football, none whatsoever. And, uh, you know, and he was like, talk to me afterward. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, so sure enough, I went up and talked to him and, and, uh, he thought he just said it was, you know, how Pete Carroll is, everything's cool. And, you know, he's 71 years old and acts like he's 25. So Mm -hmm. everything's cool. And, uh, and he thought it was really cool that I, his words that, uh, uh, that I would be a basketball coach and want to, you know, be in with a bunch of football coaches. But mm-hmm. I told him it was, uh, it was because of the way that, that he approaches things. And, um, the next year the clinic was at, uh, Jerry world out here in Arlington, you know, mm-hmm. Cowboy stadium. And I brought my best friend, Dan, who's a swim, co- mm-hmm. highly decorated. Daniel Jow is a highly decorated swim coach at, uh, um, grapevine Colleyville ISD mm-hmm. runs both Colleyville heritage and grapevine high schools, uh, award-winning coach. Uh, probably the best coach that I've ever known period in any sport. Mm-hmm. So Dan, you know, you owe me dinner for saying that, but, uh, uh, but he, but it's, it's definitely true. Um, you know, that man, uh, he was kind of like even more extreme than me. He was not going to be a coach at all. And I talked him into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was going, going to, uh, uh, get a master's degree in city planning and city government. And I told him you need to coach. And, you know, he did. And like I said, he's the best coach that I've ever met period Mm -hmm. in any sport. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but I took him to the Pete Carroll clinic and, and his future wife at the time they were just dating and, you know, he ended up marrying a swim coach. And, and, uh, so they came and we took one other uh, junior high football coach that worked with them. And so, uh, we're all in there. And so we're growing the numbers of a little bit of, of the non, you know, mm-hmm. of the non-football coaches, but uh, we talked with Coach Carroll again, and um, it was all about just maximizing your potential. You know, the uh, the way that you approach things. Um, I mean, we we use the the Win Forever principles here every day at mm-hmm. ABU. I mean, the way we practice. Um, we want up-tempo practices. We want fast practices. We don't prepare like any other team in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's because it's part of its win forever, but part of its Dodgers with coach Castro and part of its Oklahoma softball with, with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the perfect storm of the three, but I mean, we are not your, your typical, uh, you know, preparation. You're not going to get the preparation you got in travel ball or in high school. Mm-hmm. It's going to be completely different. And we're not going to, we're going to do uh, 95% different than every other team in the country. And, um, 
I think that gives us a competitive advantage. And that's exactly what Coach Carroll always talked about with the win forever stuff. You look to give your athletes a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. And so we start in practice. We play music at practice every day. It's not earned. It's not earned. It's not like they're going to earn music. It's we play mm-hmm. music because they like it and I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and because I like it, we're going to play music. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, you'll see players dancing and then all of a sudden they got to go sprint. You know, I mean, it's that's fine. You yeah. know, we want that. Um, we uh, again, we want to maximize the potential of, of every player. And ultimately, by doing that, you're maximizing the potential of, of the team mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, it's how good can you become? You know, how good do you really think? How good are you and how good do you think you can become? And so we, we talk about that all the time. Um, there's a whole mental side to it. You know, uh, they, they started bringing in, um, uh, they brought in Michael Gervais, uh, mm-hmm. who's the one, the, one of the best psychologists in the, uh, in the world and uh, with the Seahawks. And so uh, we started doing mental training here, you know, where we talk about, uh, uh, you know, yoga and, and uh, meditation and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, we start doing that a little bit. Um, with our preparation as well, just the whole mental side. Uh, obviously, you know, Coach Gasso has the championship mindset, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, that's like the big secret. But uh, um, but we kind of combine that with the Seahawks way, the win forever way of of mental the mental side, and we do a lot of mental work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a, out of that Vanderbilt baseball mode. It's out of that Oklahoma softball mode, and then certainly the Seattle Seahawks very big uh, uh, influence. And the other thing is the language we use. Mm-hmm. We use uh, a specific language uh, within the players as well uh, for each other, where it's part of our standards and our culture, um, where they uh, uh, they always have each other's backs. They uh, mm-hmm. they hold each other accountable. Um, they prepare to be the one. You know, it's certain mm-hmm. language pieces that you know that that we that are specific to our team. Um, but also, it is uh, in the language that we use as coaches. We don't worry about mistakes. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, uh, uh, you know, players are going to beat themselves up over mistakes. Mm-hmm. And Coach Carroll was always big about why are we going to harp on and pile on when yeah. they're already beating themselves up about mistakes? Why are we going to pile on? Because let's talk to them in a way that they do the next thing correct. Yeah. And I think that's huge. That's absolutely huge. And that's straight out of win forever. And, you know, it, it really makes a difference when a player makes a mistake. And again, we as coaches come to them and we don't worry about the mistake they made. We talk to them in a way that the next thing they do is correct. Mm-hmm. The next thing they do, they do it right. And, you know, that just makes us that much better. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that concept of, you know, quarterbacks have to have short memories. That a quarterback who throws an interception, the last thing you want them thinking about when they go back on the field is, oh, I just threw an interception. Because either they're going to be timid and not make a play they need to make, or they're going to make another interception. <laughs> As opposed to, that's behind me. I, I don't even, it's not even in my, on my radar, but I'm going to keep going. And avoiding that quicksand kind of referencing re- the replacements, you know, um, of that where one thing goes wrong and another thing goes wrong, and next thing you know, you're, you can't get out of it. So, um, yep. So that, that whole mindset is such a huge thing. And, and again, building people up rather than tearing people down. And, and, and again, in the, coaching, in the coaching industry as a whole, there are some coaches who, again, you figure out who you are, but there are a lot of coaches who end up tearing players down to the point that they love. I mean, a game that they loved, they, they can't stand playing anymore. They, like they want to walk away from it because they've been beaten so much rather than helping, you know, helping them work through things they need to work through and get better but building them up at the same time. So. Well, I'll say this, and I say this in recruiting a lot to, uh, you know, I've said it to players here in the two years that I've been here and even recruits that we talked to. I would say 90%, and it's maybe even closer to 95% of college softball coaches tear people down mm-hmm. and only 1% builds them back up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's sad. That's sad for our game. It does not grow the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns people off and makes people go, like you just said, away from the game. And it gives them, you know, hatred for the game Yeah. Um, and, and quitting and, and all that sort of thing. And what the, the, the comments that my players make here um, that said that they fell in love with the game again mm-hmm. because of the way we do things and because of the, how we are as coaches and the way we run our program, yeah. that they love the game again is the music to my ears. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that tells me there's my why to answer yeah. a question a while back. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's, and it's consistently all the way through, you know, 
uh, through the roster. It's, mm-hmm. they're all saying, we love this again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun again. Mm-hmm. It's still a game. You got to remember it's game. You know, it's hard work, obviously to be a, a contend, a national contender like we are and yeah. to win national championships, which we hope to do, you know, soon. <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's really hard work, but at the same time, it's still a game and it's gotta be fun. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, it's really bad that, uh, you know, that, uh, my colleagues, um, who I won't claim because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of out there on the, on the, on the Island by myself, because, uh, I, that was not what I saw when, with coach Gasso, when I was around, you know, Oklahoma, that was not what I saw with coach McNutt when I was at Northwestern state, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, it was, it was not beating them down and, uh, you know, making them hate the game and hate the, you know, uh, and it was, it all comes back to that transformational leadership, I think. Yeah. And uh, it's just really slow to get to this game. Yeah. So, and, and you know, unfortunately I've gotten a, a chance to spend a good amount of time with the team and the players and stuff. And knowing at this point in the year, I mean, and this is a spring semester sport, it's not even a fall semester sport. So they were putting in all the work all through fall. They've been putting in all the work in the spring and now they're juggling games and traveling and all the things while trying to do academics and stuff too. And, seeing how beat up physically they are and everything. I can't imagine being in an environment where they're getting torn down in the midst of that rather than at least an environment that's still looking to encourage and build them up to help them have enough to push through when times get tough, when you're at the end of the season and you got a week and a half of school left and then finals while you're also trying to get ready for regionals and, you know, trying to go win a national championship. So it blows my mind. And, you know, today in, class in sports psychology class. I have one of my, well, I have several players in there, but one of my pitchers was in there mm-hmm. and I made the comment right before break in class, before I let him go on a break, I told him, I made the comment. I said, and one of my pitchers who's in this class, she's the only pitcher in there. I said, uh, can be the best pitcher in the country, mm-hmm. but she doesn't believe that. And we were talking exactly what I was mentioned, what I uh, mm-hmm. alluded to earlier in terms of how good are you? right now and how good can you be? Yeah. And I said, she knows she's good, but she could be the best pitcher in the country. Mm-hmm. And she made the comment, uh, I don't think I can be the best in the country. And I said, everybody go on break. And so we went on break and I walk out with her and, uh-huh. uh, you know, and I kind of put my arm around her and she goes, what do you mean by that? And I said, she goes in the country and she's thinking Jordy ball. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm not comparing you to Jordy Ball, who I think is the best in the country, but, yeah. you know, uh, at Oklahoma. But I'm talking about, I said, if we go to the World Series, you're the best in the country mm-hmm. at our level. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and that's what I'm comparing you to. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and it totally changed her, like, whole opinion. Yeah. She was like, oh, my gosh, yes, I can. Mm-hmm. I was like, you see what I see? She's like, yes. Yeah. And she understood, you know, but they ultimately, whenever you say best... You know, they ultimately go straight to, you know, in our case, Jordy Ball. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm talking about at our level, our World Series. It, when when you're there, you're going to be the best in the country. And mm-hmm. hopefully I have two other ones, three other ones that I can say that about as well. Yeah. You know, we got a freshman right now that's baby Jordy Ball and that's her nickname. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's going to be the best in the country at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and so maybe it'd be this year. That'd be good. Yeah. And we'll get to team two in just a couple minutes as well, but um, kind of wanted to throw in just that that aspect still of trying to build them up at this point where it'd be easy to check out right now. Even even with postseason coming, it'd be easy to be just like, I'm so worn out and, and fighting. And again, this is the tough point in the academic semester in addition to just, um, again, you got a lot, a lot of walking wounded you're trying to get well and everything too. So how much of a difference that makes. But so we, we've, we've jumped here, but talk a little bit about the transition into softball itself. So, I mean, we're working together at a, at a small public school where you're coaching, obviously you're coaching basketball and at various points you're coaching girls and guys and coaching, you know, as we're getting softball up and going and, and everything else. But, but talk about the point of really going like, Hey, this, I, I really feel a shift over to this being my thing. You know, I mean, it was the, if you remember, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the school said they were not going to support softball. And so the, we had some interest with a couple of, of girls and they walk in our office and, uh, you know, in my office and, and uh, shout out coach Mangan, um, mm-hmm. Amanda Mangan, who played for me in basketball and uh, has been my right hand forever. Uh, coached with me several different places. 
best basketball coach I've ever known mm-hmm. at any level. Um, you know, Mangan's sitting there on our lunch break and we're talking and these girls walk in, Hey, we want softball. And, and, uh, and I'm like, that's not going to happen because the school's not going to let us have it. And they wouldn't take no for an answer. And mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, well, you know, okay, if you're not going to take no for an answer, here's what's got to happen. Uh, and fortunately I was the AD at the time, so I could say, you know, this, and then <laughs> I can, I'll fight for you if you do this. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, we got to have a parent. Two parents to take care of the uh, equipment, mm-hmm. which you actually ended up stepping up to do. Thank you, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, no, that's what it was. It was one parent for the equipment and two for the league fees. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And so you were the one that stepped up and took care of the equipment. And then the uh, two parents, uh, at the time we didn't know. I mean, but we mm-hmm. needed we needed two people to step up to take care of the league fees. And I said, we'll go from there. And then I said, the, the biggest thing is you got to recruit the team because, you know, I, I'm not, I don't have time for that, you know? So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you get enough girls, I said, I think, I think I gave them 12, I think was the number. And I said, if you get 12 girls, then, you know, we can, and if you get two parents to do the league fee and one to do the equipment, then, you know, and they'll pay for it and it doesn't cost the district any or the, the school anything. Mm-hmm. Then I said, I'll fight for you. And uh, you know, they, they, they got all smiley and, you know, as, as junior high eighth graders and seventh grader, you know, we uh, are, they were sisters of course. Yeah. And so, they turn around and walk out and I, I tell Mangan, we'll never see them again. That, that, that shut them up. Two weeks later, knock on the door about the same time during lunch break and here they come back and, hey coach, we've got parents and mm-hmm. we've got players. And I'm like, oh, now I got to go have some conversation, <laughs> you know? So um, Ron Carroll was great. Um, mm-hmm. Rest in peace. I love yeah. that man. Uh, love that man. Uh, we lost him several years ago, but uh, uh you know, he was wonderful, uh, you know, in that conversation and absolutely uh, commended me for the way that I handled that and mm-hmm. said that they got, uh, you know, that, that that they did it right. And so he was like, absolutely, we will have softball. He goes, but here's the, here's the big question. Who's going to coach? I said, well, I guess that's me. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we jumped in. I had done it a little bit. I did it at Collinsville. I did yeah. it at, uh, at Love Lady as an assistant, you know, but, uh, uh, but um never ahead. And so, but, you know, and, and we were always really good in basketball. So I never even got a full season at those places. I mm-hmm. was always jump, jumping in midstream. So I'm just kind of doing whatever they asked me to. So, I mean, um, but, uh, you know, being, having 20, uh, they, I said, how many girls do you have? She said they had 20. I was like, wow, well, we're going to practice. So we went to practice and, uh, with 20 girls. And, um, I said, how many of you have ever played? None of them raised their hand. And I said, how many of you ever played catch with a dad or a brother or sister or mom or whatever? (laughs) None of them raised their hand. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. You know, um, and five years later, we're UIL champs. You know, um, it's one of those things that uh, uh, just, I mean, really it was the players. They they started it and they uh, allowed me to coach them and Mm. wanted to be coachable and wanted to be sponges and soak up every piece of knowledge that I could give them. And, and, uh, I just thought, Hey, this is cool. You know, this is really cool. And, and being back on the diamond, having my love for base, being baseball, my first love, Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, you know, this is where I need to be. I'm having more fun doing this, Mm -hmm. uh, getting my brains beat in, you know, as we're trying to teach them how to play, as we've got eighth graders playing 12th graders. Uh, yes, as, absolutely. Um, but I mean, even on the basketball side where we were really loaded at the time, yeah. you know, I had more fun with them, you know, and so it's like something we want to do. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, Cliff McDaniel posts a, mm-hmm. posts a job for a softball coach at Arlington Baptist University. And I was like, I'd known Cliff from the basketball side of things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hope he remembers me. Doubt he will, um, but we'll we'll apply anyway. And sure enough, uh, you know, he calls me in, and and he did remember me. And we talked uh, basketball most of the interview, <laughs> and you know, and then we got to the point where you know, oh, you've already started a program at the high school level. We'll come mm-hmm. do it at college. He goes, I know you can recruit, so I'm not worried about you. You know, so uh, he goes, you don't. Uh, at the end of it, he shook my hand and goes. Uh, you have the job, but you don't. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, you have to have 12 players by August 1st. Mm-hmm. And this is Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he goes, if you have 12, you have a job. If you don't, then 
you're not going to have the job. I shook his hand. I said, we'll get it done. Mm-hmm. And we got it done. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's sidetrack real quick. Let's talk Patty Gasso. Okay. Um, and then let's talk recruiting because, again, for anybody who doesn't know, by Memorial Day, you want to have your class pretty much done, not to be starting your class at a program that doesn't exist yet. So we'll get to that in just a second. But talk Patty Gasso real quick is obviously a huge, huge influence uh, for you and certainly in the softball world. I mean, uh, everything that we do here is Oklahoma influenced. Mm-hmm. It, uh Marita Hines is actually the one that is responsible for all this uh, or all that, all my Oklahoma stuff. Mm-hmm. Marita was my boss at Oklahoma. I, I decided to take a student job in, in uh, athletic department and Marita was my boss. And so, I mean, I, uh, uh, that woman has the biggest heart of gold that I've ever met other than on the, uh, from a woman, I, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably the one on the male, the men's side as kind as you are, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, uh, would do anything for you. And mm-hmm. she made sure that I was always fed and eating <laughs> as a poor college mm-hmm. student. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was one of those things where I would walk in, Marita would be, I'd be like, what do you want me to do? And, you know, she's like, have you eaten yet? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. She's like, don't lie to me. And, you know, uh, I'm like, no, ma'am. And she's like, we'll order pizza, you know, and those sorts of things. Well, Marita um, uh, it assigned me to different sports. Mm-hmm. And so obviously everybody worked football, which was cool because Coach Stoops and, yeah. you know, was there at the time and Oklahoma football is a juggernaut. And then um, I worked soccer as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, and didn't know anything about soccer at all. Um, and then in the spring, I was thinking we were going to do baseball or whatever, you know, with my baseball background or whatever. And instead she walks me down to softball and, um, you know, I didn't coach there. Obviously I'm not Mm -hmm. claiming to be a coach. I was never a coach under coach G, Mm -hmm. but just a student worker and, and, uh, being around it and seeing, I mean, and God has a sense of humor because I never thought in a million years I would ever coach softball. (laughs) Um, but fortunately he gave me a pretty, pretty good memory and a really good photographic memory. And mm-hmm. so it was, uh, I can remember things that, you know, were said and done all during softball season and, and, and all that and, uh, watching them play. And even with coach McNutt, you know, back to the same thing, you know, and that was from much more from afar, um, mm-hmm. at, at, with McNutt, but, um, but yeah, I mean, coach Gasso is one of those things that uh, I just wanted to, uh, um, try to emulate, uh, you know, because from what I understand with her, she, uh, modeled her program when she started Oklahoma after uh, a lot after uh, Vanderbilt baseball with coach Corbin. Mm-hmm. And she ended up taking coach Corbin's uh, stuff and adding her own stuff to it. Well, I've tried to take coach Gasso's stuff and add my own stuff to it. And a little bit of Pete Carroll and a little mm-hmm. bit of coach caps and a little bit of Mulkey and all that, um, you know, but, but at the same time, I mean, you can't deny the, you know, uh, that's that word again, juggernaut that Oklahoma softball is. Oh, yeah. And honestly, uh, I thank them for being so good because they got me the job. Uh, <laughs> they gave me my job and, and, uh, without even doing anything, all the, uh, let me back up to the, co- uh, to coach McDaniel or Cliff McDaniel, president McDaniel. Um, he was always a legendary coach. So yeah. he's always coached to me, but, uh, uh, he watched the softball world series. Mm-hmm. prior to that Memorial day and it was Oklahoma and Oklahoma running the gauntlet and being the, you know, what doing what they do. And he liked what he saw so well out of Oklahoma mm-hmm. that he went to the board and said, we want softball. Wow. So in indirectly, yeah. you know, Oklahoma gave us our program, you know? <laughs> so, um, but it's one of those things that, I mean, like I said, we just, there was an article that ESPN magazine came out with last year, uh, and there was a lot of links to it on social medias in terms of, uh, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, where they linked it. And so I made sure to, to post that, repost that. And I said, make no mistake, the Oklahoma influence is huge here. Yeah. And the main thing is even more than coach G I was able to, uh, you know, get former players, former Oklahoma players to talk to our teams here. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, Macy Turley, I want to shout her out specifically. Mm-hmm. Macy Turley uh, played. She was one of the uh, original uh, or, or I should say a, a national champion on the original 2000 team. The one that mm-hmm. started uh, the Oklahoma legacy. 
and the first team to do it. And that was why I got in touch with her yeah. was because, you know, and that's why I told the girls, you know, that we did a zoom call with Macy mm -hmm. and she's just been wonderful. And the girls just love her. And, uh, you know, um, and, and that's what I told him. I said, you know, it's one thing to have Lauren Chamberlain, but it's another thing to have someone who started it. Yeah. Team, not team one, but the first team that won it. Yeah. It had to start somewhere and her group was the first one to do it. And they're not the juggernaut they are mm -hmm. without that group. And so it's on team one or it's yeah. on team two to start things here Yeah, and make that connection. So, um, you know, a lot of it, you know, some of it's direct, some of it's indirect. A lot of it is just uh, having just being an Oklahoma grad. Um, but, you know, I, I obviously I thank Oklahoma for for all that they've done and all that they're doing. And, you know, and obviously that's the honestly, uh, uh, Natalie, my one mm -hmm. of my assistants gets mad at me because she's a, a huge softball fan <laughs> and she gets mad at me because I don't watch softball except for one team. <laughs> And, you know, cause I watch a lot of baseball yeah. and, and obviously I'll watch any baseball, but, uh, uh, if it's not that one team, if it's not my, my crimson and cream, then I'm not interested. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and because I, I always tell the girls they're the best team in the world. Not, I'm not talking, you know, in Japan, you know, fans mm -hmm. or, you know, the Japanese people would be, uh, you know, country people would, uh, would be upset for me for saying that because they are the gold medalists, but I'm sorry, yeah. you're not as good as Oklahoma. I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, I will take Oklahoma over any Olympic team, over any, over team USA, over, over team Japan, over anybody. Uh, you know, they are the best softball program team in the world. And so they are what we aspire to be. Mm -hmm. And at Arlington Baptist, we want to be the Oklahoma of our level. Yeah. And that's the goal. And that's the standard. Yeah. Well, I do have to say this. So obviously last weekend, Oklahoma swept Baylor in Waco, um, However, if you look at Oklahoma's record, they have one loss this year. <laughs> I knew and you were it was go Baylor. There. I knew you were going to go there, but you know, <laughs> even though y'all beaten this three out of four, and all four have been in Waco, you right. know, but still, yes. at least I get that in there. There for you that go. One, so, so this is where we're going to wrap up part one of our interview with Coach Beaver. I'm really looking forward to sharing part two with you, where we're going to dive into recruiting, team one, team two, and even more. So, hope you'll join us for part two on our next episode of Community Chat. Thanks for listening to the Community Chat podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at communitynorthbc.org to find out more information about this podcast or our church. Thanks for listening.